Space Force. And it's like Thomas Jefferson said. There's no words there. There's no words on it. All right, go, go. Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. I'm your host, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Hofeld. Thank you so much for joining me today on the K2D4 Network. A little housekeeping before we get to my next guest here. I want to mention that you guys can help. If you're enjoying this content, you love it, show some support. You can do that through PayPal, one-time donation on there. Or you can do your Patreon for your monthly subscription, which will also give you some coupon codes to the store, the merch store. You can buy t-shirts, mugs, and beach towels over there. The whole shabam. Really appreciate the support on that. And that helps fund the operation here. My next guest is a profound spiritual coach, healer, and teacher who speaks from her heart on the art of letting go and forgiveness. She uses the wisdom and knowledge she learned from going through the dark night of the soul to teach others how to navigate through their way back home to the divine creator. Her journey was filled with extreme tests and obstacles, along with deep self-reflection and discovery. She describes this process as one of the hardest times of her life. Yet through it all, she never gave up faith that it was leading her to something more profound and fulfilling than what she could have ever imagined. She is Nicole Pulvermacher. Thank you for joining me in studio, Nicole. Thank you for having me here, Dan. So how was your drive? I was a little like three and a half hours or something like that? Yep, three and a half hours. It was actually really beautiful. It kind of reminded me of when I was in Sedona and I was driving up like... Um, from Phoenix? Um, from Phoenix, but also going up more towards Albuquerque. Like it has a lot of um, that same feel, that okay. same vibe. I really like oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I never really uh, enjoyed the drive from here over to Milwaukee on the other side of the state, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciating nature. Oh, absolutely. So we got a lot to cover here. So I kind of just want you to dive right into it. You made some bullet points here. So we got to talk about vibration, the displacement value, karma, and power of love and forgiveness and even reincarnation. So go ahead and start where you want to start and let's tackle this thing running. Okay, start where I want to start. How to raise your vibration. Well, this whole concept wasn't something that I really even knew. If you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, it would have just kind of been like, I had no idea. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> until I chose to love myself. And making that move, it was like spirit said she's choosing to love herself and she's making some really bold ass moves right now. And I'm like, sorry, I'm going to watch my language out here. <laughs> um, and spirit chose me back. And that's when I went through um, not really understanding what was happening to me, the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And that's where you are, you're taken in by spirit. Yeah, it was, it broke me to my core. And I, I think what actually started that was I was asked by spirit to love everyone, regardless of what they did. And they were very specific with this message. They broke it down to police officers, people who have been abused by police. Um, they just kept breaking things down in categories. And the last one was people who have been sexually abused and the pedophiles. And I just thought, I'll do all these other ones you're asking me. Right. I don't want to do this one. And one day this kid came into my office. He was like 28, so he wasn't a kid. He was a young man. And when I told him what I was being asked to do, he said to me, what about people who have been sexually abused? And I just looked at him and I laughed and I said, it's so funny that you're saying this to me because they keep asking me and I keep saying no. And he said, but that's what takes the innocence of a child. And in that moment, sure. I said, yes, uh, like I'll do it because nobody really wants to experience that. And it's something that when I really understood what's happening here is it's just a pattern of somebody who was once abused becoming an adult who didn't know how to heal from their abuse, who is doing it to another child. And it just keeps repeating itself mm. over and over again. And when you just kind of take the emotion out of that and you look at it and you see what's happening, you really know how to help. And for my journey, it was learning the coaching and the becoming an emotional co-practitioner. And then spirit gave me like all these other tools to incorporate into one big package that was like, you can help from all these different angles on top of your own journey and the wisdom that you've created through your life that I had to heal from. And that's where it was like, yeah, you want to go help all these other people, but first you have to heal yourself. And then you're really going to know how to help everybody else. So that's where my journey began. And they, they said, you're going to break your ego. And I fought. I moved when did this start for you then? 2016 okay, is when so the recently. intense... 
Um, I, well, I think I've always kind of been on this journey, right? Like it was just always something in me that lived by that golden rule, do unto others as you would want done unto you. Sure, that should um, be the golden rule. But, you know, I don't think I, I didn't use that as a golden rule. But looking back, I think I just innately knew that. Yeah. Like there was just something in me that knew. And then in 2016, when I was asked, because the person who was asking, um, my boyfriend had died in 2008 while being in solitary confinement. And my medium friend said, your boyfriend wants to ask you something. He's trying to get a message to you, right? And that's when I really got still and I listened to what he was asking me. And it was that. And I thought, okay, well, if he died in prison and he's telling me, love everyone, regardless of what they did, police officers, victims of police abuse, what does that say about the greater whole, right? Like, he's not mad. We're the ones here who are creating the judgment, the contrast, the the conflict, like everything out here from our own programs. Well, I think once you get to the other side, you kind of, those barriers are gone. Those No, I will. No. no. The reason I know this is because, so we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but I kept telling my mom, you take yourself with you wherever you go, right? Like, it doesn't matter. And this is why the message of forgiveness is so important, Mm -hmm. because we keep coming in here in different roles trying to figure this out. So when my mom got sick and I was with her and we're in the living room and we're doing Tai Chi, her dad in spirit form came walking down the hall and she says, your grandfather's here. And I was like, what does he want? And she says, he is saying that I need to forgive her stepmom and her mom. And she was like, okay. And then he apologized for smoking when he was younger. So backing up here, when you say spirit form, are we talking like a ghost or are we talking? Just, she knew, she always sensed when people were coming in the room and she knew who it was. And this is where you know the essence of the person who's coming in here. Okay. Okay. Like I know the essence of different people that I'm connecting with. Not always. Sometimes it's just like the whole and I just start calling them they. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know who this is. This is just like a whole collective consciousness talking to me. But I know if it's loving or not. But so the funny part with this. With my, with my, when this happened with my mom, she was like, okay, you know, I need to forgive. And he apologized for what he did wrong. I apologize for smoking because that actually contributed to your lungs being unhealthy, right? So after she made her transition, my dad um, was getting a reading and my mom came forward and the lady doing the reading says, oh, she's standing here and there's another one. She didn't like her stepmom very much. And I busted out laughing because I was like, I knew it. Like you take you with you wherever you go. So just because you're on the other side, you still have to clean this up. Like it doesn't dissolve itself. Like we came here and that's why we keep being attached to the stuff lifetime after lifetime. Like this is the root of our, our suffering is our own unforgiveness to other people and ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like that's why we keep just again, can you love me in this role? Can you love me now if I'm your father? Can can you love me this way? I was an abuser in this life, and I really want to fix that. So I'm coming in this life to, to try to make amends. But I'm still going to screw up, and you're still going to be mad at me. But as long as I'm still mad at you, that person can't even get in, right? Like So that's, that's the, the deep, deep inner work that has to go on here is— and that's what we're here for, because then we return back to unconditional love. Like, that's—and that's the gift, like— we are that love, grace, and abundance. And then you come back and have to do it all over again. <laughs> not a, but I don't. I think it's it's a choice. But we're going back to wholeness, right? So how do right. you want your life to be? And if you really hold that principle, do I like the script that's laid out for me right now? Because, you know, I obviously chose this. I chose my parents, right? We choose our parents when we're coming in here. I chose the path that I'm taking. This is where choice comes in, and you own it. You're like, yeah, I chose. I chose the man to have a child with, which created all sorts of chaos in my life, right? Exactly. But I can't blame them. And that's when we go into blame, we disempower ourselves. So when you own all of our choices, even going back into birth, and then you really know how to go inside and clear this out, you know that you are the one who's holding the limited beliefs, the old programming, the emotional contrast that isn't serving you. Mm-hmm. And when you and it's hard sometimes to see where you're holding that program. Like it's easier for people on the outside to be like, I can see where this person is stuck here, 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 here. But when it's our own stuff, it's really hard. So like for me, my dad and I had a past lifetime where we didn't resolve something. And it was like playing stuff from This life and that life, it was like all playing out. And especially when my mom was dying, there was this one moment. 
<laughs> where we have this discussion, give her her medicine. I do, you know, we don't want her in pain. And he didn't do it. Like I, there was still some denial that she was transitioning. So he didn't, um, he didn't do it. And when I woke up in the morning and she said she was hurting, I was livid, right? I was like straight rage. I had to like go for a walk. I called my sister. I was like, oh my God, right? Like it was all this stuff coming out of me. And I came back and I, and he's sitting at the table and I said, you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it. And he knew. And he's like, I know I said I was going to do it. Well, it actually took until about probably a month ago for me to realize that was my inner child that was really mad at him for not protecting me from my mom because my mom didn't know how to handle her anger and she took it all out on me. And that, that moment just triggered like this epic, like explosion. And I still didn't realize that it was all coming from you were my father who was here to protect me from my mom. She didn't know how to handle her anger, you know, and she took it. She lashed out, but he was always working and he he didn't do it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like it's still taking me as far as I've come. I didn't know I was still holding on to all that pain until I sat with him and this other healer in a room. And she said, yes, we'll get to the root of your guys's issue, but let's get to this lifetime. And the tears just fell down my face. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like I really am still holding on to this. And I was really mad at you for not for not protecting me, you know, from her. And that, again, having that wound, this this keeps going on in our relationships. You know, we're looking outside of ourselves for that. So I had to sit with myself and he sat over in his chair with himself and I'm talking to my guides in my head. <laughs> right. And I'm like going around and around to let this go. Like, you know, I, I didn't need to hear from him. I wanted it. I did want to hear that, like, I'm sorry, right? right but that's sure, the yeah. ego. That's the ego that wants to hear that I'm sorry. And that's where I kind of have started really trying to get I'm sorry out of my vocabulary and go into just please forgive me, right? Please forgive me for not knowing how to show up for you. Please forgive me for not knowing how to be there in that way. And when I just, I was able to let it go, you know, And it, but it took me a minute. And then it took me longer to look at some more things that I was really holding on to from that past life because then it made me angry and I was feeling it come up and out and it took me like two weeks and then the purge came and I thought oh my god I'm such a dick. like you know like <laughs> I really got to that really listen to what you're saying and I heard this message and it was like from god like it was this message because financially on this path, nothing has seemed to work out, right? And I thought, I have approached it intellectually from all these different angles. I've done everything that Spirit has asked me to do. I've came here, here, did all these things. I've been here for my family. I, you know, all this stuff. And then, and I was like, what is this, right? Like, is there like this past lifetime where, you know, this happened? And then it was like, really listen. And I was like, I'm angry over money. Like, I really am holding on to that. Like, I'm angry over money. And it that's what kept short-circuiting my masculine energy to come in full alignment with my feminine. And it was that program that was so deeply embedded in me. And I had to forgive wherever the lifetime happened that maybe someone took my money. I had to go so deep inside to clear that out and forgive that. And forgive myself for thinking I was so mad over money that I didn't see your divinity. Yeah, so so this is how you took care of this whole thing? You had to go all the way back to that lifetime where I it did. happened, figure I out did, where, they, where I, it I, is and cut it off at the source. Yes, that's how all this works is you got to go to the lifetime, but you can't, you can't just jump to the lifetime. And that's the thing. Even with my clients, I have them sit here and say, let's resolve this right now and then let's go to the root, right? Like that's where we have to go to to keep clearing this out because there's a root cause for everything and it's not normally in this lifetime, it's a whole nother one. So for me, the I irony was I thought I dealt with all the stuff from my dad and I realized, no, I was just so, I really just wanted to get to the root cause so we could get it done. And this beautiful, beautiful woman was like, let's, let's sit for a minute, right? Like let's actually get what's going on in this lifetime first. And then we'll go there. And and we did. So uh, it was me not taking my own advice, right? Like I was doing it for everybody else. But for some reason, I just thought, well, this is already done. So now my dad and I, we get to rebuild our relationship. 
from a different perspective. It's, and it's kind of like, okay, so how do we want our new relationship to be? And how do we want it to look? And yeah, things are still coming up, but how we, we can address it. So one thing that my dad did, and he thought he was really protecting my mom, he would like, because what I learned from my mom was she didn't know how to handle her anger and she didn't know how to express it healthy. So I would express it directly to the person, right? And that intimidated her and scared her. And my dad thought he was protecting her by like always, and not that I was coming crazy, but it's like, hey, if we have an issue, you and I have to talk this out. And so he would always answer the phone. You know, he would always like try to be that middle person, but that actually was not allowing her and I to get to like where this unhealthy stuff is. Mm. And after all this stuff happened in the healing, we were having coffee and I brought this up to him and he goes, you're right, I did used to do that. And I said, yeah. I said, look, you and I had an issue. Mom and I had an issue. You know, I might've had issues with my siblings. And I said, we need to work on this, not third party. that." And I think a lot of times people third party stuff out, but that's how, you know, you don't know what I'm thinking. Right. You might think, you know what I'm thinking, but maybe that's not really it. So if we can actually go directly to the person and say, hey, this hurt me and I'm wounded here and this is how you handled it before. But blah, 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 you know, and you get there and you're you're really resolving some core issue stuff that's going on. So you think you have to go to the person and do that or can we you you don't have to. Um, and in fact, you can actually just write some stuff out, you know, because forgiveness is for yourself. But I think because some people might have some pretty like some stuff, really bad stuff they're holding on to. And if they go to the person like that, it's going to be, you know, kinda rough. I've had a lot of stuff that I've been holding on to. And it again, the other person might not be ready to let go of it. Right. So it's for you to do your best to try to make amends with that person. But then know, all right, well, I did it on my end and I am truly sorry from my heart. Not just a surface level, like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, right? You know, like, please forgive me, whatever. But like a really deep from your heart, please forgive me for how I acted. I can see that I treated you poorly or I, w I didn't show up for you, right? When you really know that and it's sincere, you did it on your end and it's up to them. If they want to receive it, they can. And if they don't, they don't. But you have the opportunity to say, I'm going to let go of this. Sure. Because if I'm not letting go of that and I still feel guilty or like I did something wrong, I'm tethered to this person yeah. for the rest of my life and the problem. And so it's like, I can't wait for you to forgive me for something. Well, one thing Dolores Cannon talks about is imagining that contract that you both signed and then if you want to get rid of it just imagine you tearing up the contract and say we did our part didn't work sure. out time to move on so there's something about that because people have seen which i kind of like overlooked if i were getting a reading and they would see like i made some sort of contract here or whatever and they're like oh i'm gonna help you work through this right and and it's gone and then two years later they bring up the same somebody else brings up the same thing and i thought well <laughs> clearly that didn't work, right? Like you're still seeing this in my field. What I've learned from that is the soul knows when it's sincere. The soul knows when we've really understood the lesson around this. The soul knows all these things, right? So yeah, this other person can say, I'm going to help you with this. But if you don't even really understand what you're holding on to, how can you let go of that? And if you haven't learned the real lesson around it, how can you, you know, like that's what we're here to do is learn, right? That's the growth. So it's, it's almost superficial to think that, just, you know, somebody can just take that from you. And I've had clients, they'll sit there and we'll go into meditation, do these things. And I ask, are you ready to let go of this? You know, and they're like, yeah. And then they can feel themselves resisting like the meditation that we're doing. Like, I don't really want to let go of this yet. And that's how I was with that lady in the, when I was getting my healing, <laughs> I was still like, all right, I'm letting go of this part, right? But I'm still a little pissed about this past life thing, right? <laughs> sure, like, exactly. I was like, this is coming up, and I'm like, being really honest with myself, oh my gosh, like, I really wasn't ready to let go of it yet. And it took me to have to process, like, multiple layers and levels to really get to and then find the blessing in it. Because if I didn't need to keep going to my dad for help financially, I would have never have looked at this. We would have just kept being on autopilot, ignoring the fact that there's something here. And that was the message that I received was, where's the gift in this, right? Like, where can you see it? And I, 
That absolutely. And that's what I think a lot of families do too, is we ignore, we would rather have a picture perfect, you know, on our Facebook, Instagram, on our wall and act like real life stuff isn't happening on the inside. Well, that's the thing about this, the Facebook things and stuff like that. You know, people go on there, they see everybody with their perfect lives Mm because you're only capturing that little bit. They don't see the bad stuff and everybody, that's why people go on there. They get depressed. I mean, if it wasn't for this channel, I probably would have shut my Facebook down completely. Oh, don't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, I don't, the thing is, I don't pay attention to it as much as I used to. I just glance at it real quick to see if there's something I need to see. Not, I get off there because immediately I was so embedded in that. And I really started to feel depressed myself. I walked away, you know, for the most part of social media. I think I was on social media a lot when I was at work, you know, I was I was bored. <laughs> you know, you're Where? just like, whatever. And then going on this path and this journey, it just wasn't as necessary for me. So, and when I would just post things, it was just like, you know, inspirational things or here's some good things. I don't like to post a lot of like the negative stuff that I'm going through because I don't want to, not that I'm, I share it with my clients. I share it on my website. I share it in those things, but I really have gotten to a place where to be mindful where the emotional charge um, is. Is this coming from my lower chakras, my ego center, my lower self, or is this really coming from my heart center and something that I'm really passionate about? And it was a lot of uncovering to get to the space and a lot of hard work that has gone in to, to get here. And that's, it, it was not, like I said, it was not easy. I mean, the past year when somebody said you're really gonna you're coming up to some more stuff it didn't necessarily have to do with me it had to do with my mom dying my dad who's never been alone in his life they were married for 45 years (laughs) somewhere in there and i don't know my parents how long they've been together either so don't feel bad they were married you know forever so my mom leaving and they were like yin and yang they really were doing everything together and you know just being there for him, I knew was healing for him, even though I was like, I'm ready to give my own place. Like this has gone on long enough, you know, whatever this is on this path. And then comes full circle. My son had an incident where he really needed me. And it was just like everyone outside of me, I just, I put them all first because they really did need me. And what the ironic part with that is Now in my journey, people kept bringing up self-worth and I thought, what does that mean? Right? Like, so I started like looking, I said, and I asked him, well, what does self-worth mean? You know, like I need to understand the actual definition of that. And one person said, you know, it's just being happy regardless of what's going on with your family and your friends. And I thought, okay, well, that's something I've been working on for years, right? Every time my son went south, I knew that he was teaching me how to love myself and how to not let his choices affect me. And he he was my biggest teacher. Him and my mom, biggest teachers, right? So I thought that doesn't, I don't think that's really self-worth. I didn't like that answer. And then I came across Stuart Wilde. In one of his books, he said, self-worth is when you're on your journey and you put everybody else, your family and friends before you. And I was like, I definitely did this in that last year. Like my journey was really taking off and I, I, I left. I was in London. I wasn't planning on coming back. Like oh, I yeah. was like, I'm out of here. Like, let's do this. And the day I landed in Paris, we found out my mom had stage four cancer. And I was like, all right, I'm coming back. Like, mom, you know, can I come back? Can I be with you? Can I help you through this transition? She's like, yes. And so, she, and she was adamant I go on Did this Did you trip. have citizenship over there? Or no, no, I was just like, in my head, I was like, I'm doing this, okay. right? I had three weeks. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, whatever it is. Okay, so very short time you were over there then. It, oh, yeah, it was only three weeks. Um, but literally... Like, but in my mind, it was like, I'm staying, you know, like I I was even talking to my sisters. They knew my stuff was in storage. I gave my son the keys to the car. Like, like, I'm done. Right. Like I was like, because my path took me, which might have been a little bit more extreme for other people, but it taught me how to let go of everything that I own. And, but this also accelerated my spiritual quest. Mm. Like I, you know, I once owned a house. I sold it, right? And I had to move into my office. Like, that was the extreme thing that ended up happening for me was I was in the wrong relationship, and I knew it. 
And my friend said, your guys are saying, why don't you move into your office? And I thought, are you nuts? <laughs> right? Like, I'm not moving into my office. And then... You know, something was like, hey, go check out Sedona. So my friend and I, we went to Sedona. That was our first trip out there. And as that trip was happening, I had so much magical stuff going oh, on with me magical. there. Oh, it is magical. I can attest to that. I had. Crazy. I went. So we went to Oak Creek, right? And we're in the rocks. And the water's coming down. And I was already kind of told my boyfriend was giving, giving me this message when I was in the rocks, right? And so I'm in there and he says, and I, I see my friend, she's purging all this stuff out. And I'm like sending, opening up my heart chakra and I'm just sending her love. And I hear him come in and he says, no, all of your chakras, open all of them. And I'm like, all of them? Okay. So later that day, we're leaving. And I come across, you know, up there, there's this little stand where a lot of Native Americans sell their jewelry. So we stopped and I'm having this conversation with this Native American woman and I'm telling her what happened. And she starts saying to me, um, yeah, this is so trippy. She starts um, telling me how her husband had died and he wants her to cross over, but she's not ready yet. She's got grandkids and all this stuff. And I said, well, can I give you a healing? And she's like, I just got goosebumps. Something really big is about to happen. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like, whatever. So we're sitting there. I start clearing some trapped emotions from her. And she stops me and she says, what do they call you? And I said, Nicole. And she says, but they call you Nikki, don't they? And I said, yes. And she starts crying. And she when she says, says they... Who are we talking about? My friends. My okay. friends call me, like when I was younger, it was always Nikki. My parents, my whatever, like my close, close friends called me Nikki. And I said, I said, yes. And she says, she started crying and she said, um, you came to me in my dream and you told me what I needed to do. You told me to get rid of this, do this, do that. And she starts saying all this stuff. And I look at her and I go, well, that sure it sounds like me. <laughs> like, wow. And I'm like, what is going on here? She gets up, she gives me this big hug and she's got tears. And I'm like, like, what is happening? You know, I had no idea. Well, then I found out about astral travel. Right. And I'm like, okay, this. And so ironically, when I ended up getting back from Sedona, I told my boyfriend, I'm moving into my office. Like, I know this isn't the right place for me. This isn't where I'm supposed to be living. And if I had to move into my office, I got a membership at the gym, like I'm, whatever, I'm going to make this work. Like I have to trust. Yeah, you can have a shower at the gym, right? Right. I was like, I had to trust spirit. Like I had to trust my heart. And, and he went to understood. He already didn't understand. I was having like these encounters where deer were walking out to me for five minutes. We were like at a standoff, right? And I'm like, what? going on like this is so cool i come back and tell him and he's like don't do that again right and i thought i can't be with someone who doesn't understand my spiritual journey <laughs> like this is too magical to not be able to share so i move into my office i kind of thought i was going crazy right? <laughs> there was a kind of a shuffling with my mind or something going on there was a lot of things that was um reorganizing me and helping me clear out. And that's the dark night of the soul that you go through. And if I was around anybody else, they would have thought I was going not to probably put me in a mental institution because <laughs> they wouldn't have understood. In fact, on my worst and worst days, I had to go to my parents' house. And I'm thinking, why on these days do you want me to go here? Right? Like, and they did their best to understand. They're like, what is going on with her? You know, my little sister, she's got her degrees and stuff. And she's over there like, mm, I think she's bipolar. Right? <laughs> like, they're all trying to like, and, and I thought I was going crazy, right? Sure. The only thing that kept me from knowing that I wasn't going crazy was spirit started talking to my mom, right? And there, she's like, they're saying that you don't eat meat anymore. And I was like, that's right, I don't. My son was in jail at the time, and I was going to go see him on this day, and he calls me, and he's like, okay, you can't, and I was getting, I, I can't go see him this day, but I was feeling guilty, right? Like, I said I was going to come. I have to show up. Like, he's in there. He needs me. He calls me, and he says, you can't come see me today. I don't know who it is, but someone is yelling at me that I have to call you, and you cannot come see me today. And I go, no, I can't. That's what they were telling me. But I felt really guilty because I wanted to be there for you. So I had to like remove myself, like literally from my grandkids, my family. So when he said somebody was yelling at him, like. It was like, because sometimes you hear the spirit, yeah. like, and they're yelling, they're talking to you, right? And sometimes my higher self will scream at you if you are not hearing it, right? <laughs> like they're not, they're screaming and you're like, yeah, yeah. So that night um, I had lots of downloads. I was in bed by six. I had a lot of downloads. I had all the stuff like just happening to me that I didn't, you know, I didn't 
go into this saying I want to go into this being enlightened. I was just like, I can't lie to myself anymore and be in a relationship that I know that I'm not supposed to be in. And that and making that bold move, like, well, I'm going to move into my office, like, screw it. And funny thing is my clients were even like, it feels great here. I'm thinking... If you only knew I was living in this place. Like, are you kidding me right now? Were you now? like George Costanza and you had a little bed under your desk or something like that? I had that? a little chase that was there because that's what my clients would lay on anyways. And I mean, my office was nice and it had awesome energy, but okay. it was it wasn't a bed and there was no shower and it just was what it was. And I just thought, oh, well, like this is my path. This is kind of something that I'm on. But it freed me. It freed me from I don't have an identity to thinking that my value is on my career, my, the house that I own, my, the family that I have, like it literally was the art of detaching from everything. Like no longer was my ego. That's what I'm saying. Like they will break you to every part of you that you're still. And I fought, I screamed and fought the whole way down. I was pissed. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I used the money. My, my mom, she got a message from spirit and my dad called me up. I had like no money in my bank account. And he says, um, your mother came, she's, she's being told to ask this. We, you know, both your sisters got married and you haven't, would you like to use the money for your wedding at this time? Wow. And I said, yeah, <laughs> like, cause they knew I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. Like there's, there's a greater cause. There's a greater mission that's going on here. And I used like all my 401k. It was like everything. Like you, I'm just you drained like, it. Huh? You drained it. Oh, I did. I didn't care, though, because it was worth it. It's still worth it. And I would go back and do everything like I did all over again. I wouldn't change a thing. I would be there for my parents. I'd let go of the business. I'd put my and this is where the displacement of value comes in. Sometimes we put our value in these things and everything that's unimportant. And it was like what is really important is how much did you love your family and how much how, did you show up? You know, really be present in these people's lives that need you. And in people who don't know you, did you show up for them? You know, like, go back and recorrect where you did things wrong. Like, I was angry at my son's father for not paying child support. Again, no money in my bank account. He had just started paying. And I thought, are you kidding? Like, I'm actually getting some money? Spirit said, write the courts and say you don't want this because you know it's wrong. He owed like $44,000. I wrote the courts and I said, this is wrong. Because what it was doing was creating conflict and chaos in my own body. And his he felt like a terrible person and I felt like a terrible person. Like it was all this like yuckiness that was not loving. It wasn't compassionate. It wasn't understanding. So, so they actually, wiped it clean. you turned down the child support? Or... I did. I don't want it. I didn't wow. want it. It wasn't right. It was $44,000. They wiped it off, ex except for their end, right? Mm. <laughs> of course, they got to keep their shit. But <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Not, and he was just like, you know, and it was really for me to look at where was I not being my authentic self on my journey and to make amends in those areas. And that's what I'm saying. We've all been through something. We have to look at our own selves. We have to look at how we are contributing to the mess that's going on here. We have to look at like all these different angles that's coming out here. And it always comes back to self. Mm -hmm. And even if it started in another lifetime, it's still you holding that program. Well, you bring up a good point that I wanted to touch upon a little bit is the, the whole minimalist aspect. You have all these things and material items just to wipe that clean, go back and just realize how simple life can be, how much you don't need that much money to live to actually live. Yeah, absolutely. Clear. It's Well, and it's not, I like nice things, so don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> like some people, they, they would be totally awesome living in a trailer and that life is like perfect for them. Like that's really what they like. I really do like nice. I like a nice house. I like nice things. I, I like that, but I'm not identified with those things. So this helped me. And this is where this lady who did me a reading for me once, she just, she, she said, they're stripping you. They're stripping you down. And she's like, this is where, and I said, everything I once thought I knew, it was all a lie. And it really just, I felt like the most naive person that was living under a rock to what was really happening here in the world. And it was like everything that you thought was there to protect you, maybe it's not. But then I also learned that there are people who want, they didn't know any better either, right? 
like somewhere in them, they didn't have that foundation morally, ethically, something going on there and they acted wrong. So how do you correct it? And they're afraid to come out and actually correct it because because our system, I mean, we're like all stony to death, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, we can't heal from there. We can't solve what's going on in the world from that space. Like, so some people who have been my clients, they'll come to me and be like, I didn't know that talking like this to my kids was wrong because this is how I was talked to. And now that I know it's wrong, I'm almost afraid to go to a therapist because I don't want them to call social services oh, on yeah, me. It's you know, terrible like, nowadays. And you're like, yeah, well, this is what's screwing up society. Yeah. Like, we have to really look. We don't need more laws. We don't need more laws. We need more compassionate people that are going to step up and come out and actually help people say, I'm going to embody the essence of this loving, compassionate self, right? I'm going to be this person, and I'm going to show up in all these areas. Stop, we, stop talking about it. Like, we have to to start doing it and we have to implement it. And for all these light workers and all the people out here that are really in this, like, I know the deep work that comes into this, we have to come out and we have to be present in the world for our families, for ourselves and for everybody else. You know, it's not for us to fix them. I'm not saying that in no way, shape or form. I don't want to fix anyone. I want to teach you how to fix yourself, right? Not that you're broken, but if you've got wounds, I would love to say, these are the tools I've learned. This is where wisdom comes in. I've, I experience all this life, which allows me to understand you more. And this is how I navigated my way out of it. Nice. That's quite a story there, Nicole. <laughs> oh, I have so many. Right? That's where the wisdom comes in. I'm like, I can just go on and on and on. <laughs> So should we talk about some of your services here? Sure. So we got your website on screen for folks. Let me bring that up here. This is beautifulsoulsmission.org. Yes. Well, one thing about this. So, you know, years ago when I was asked, you know, help everyone regardless of what they did, I have been running around trying to figure out how to how to do that, right? Like, how can I do what I'm being asked to do? And it finally just kind of came in and meditate. That's where the, the membership part comes in. Meditate to for the highest good of everyone involved. That takes me saying it's, you know, sometimes we say, yes, I want the highest good of everyone involved, but our own small self says, but not this group or not this person or not this that, right? It has to be the highest good of everyone involved. So in the membership, I've started doing, I have them broke down in like different categories, all right? One is like for, let's see, you're pulling it up. We have the Ruby one. It's for pedophilia that comes in. And I do this religiously now. This is my practice. I'm like, if I can't dedicate 15 minutes of my life for this, then that's fine. So I do it for pedophilia on Sundays. Monday is for... So these are, uh, they just sign up and then they don't even have to be like on the... Skype with you or anything like that? No, they don't. And I, in fact, if they're on there and they want to do this with me, I mean, they don't even have to technically do it. They can just say, okay, she's doing it at this time. I want to join in. But if they donate to it, I'm calling their name out and I'm telling spirit I'm connecting with this person too. And so when I, I send an email and everybody has like, this is the blessing that I say before I do it. And it's to, it's for the highest good of everyone, regardless of what it is, government, military, human trafficking, whatever, because I don't know what your soul needs you to know and understand, but if I can just put my love and attention to say, let whatever healing and lessons need to come out for this to be resolved. I also don't say specific. I don't say United States. I don't say this earth, right? So this opens us up to galaxies, right? Because what we do here has a greater impact somewhere else. So this is like everywhere. And it's, that's my new one. So even on the way out here, I pulled over, did my meditation and I started feeling that I am connecting with, with other realms and they're doing it with me. Like it was so powerful that I was like, okay, like I was like the energy that is pulling me right now. was. So did you wait till a good back road to do this on the highway? Uh, there was a rest stop. There <laughs> okay, was a rest, rest stop there and I just pulled over and I did it in the rest stop, but I could feel 
so much that was pulling me. And I started laughing going, this is like the first time I realized, you know, I would get all these messages from spirit. Like, Hey, we want to help. Like everybody in spirit world or some other dimension, it was like, they wanted to play with me. Right. They wanted to have fun. And I felt like, Oh my gosh, exactly. you know, we're all, it doesn't matter if you're on Mars or not. Right. Like, cause they have their stations there. We still need the highest good, no matter where you're at. We still need this to play out in any dimension, any realm. So that's why this is like, it's almost genius. <laughs> it's a shame it took me so long to finally get it out and figure out what they were saying. Um, when you just, you're just so open and you do it from your heart space. Well, right. Um, you did do this soul to soul meditation with me. And I thought it was originally folks would be like, Oh, whatever it was the music she put on. And I did test it with the meditation music afterwards and it didn't have the same effect. So basically when I, when we did this, we got on Skype. She said, all right, let's start. We talked a little bit and she said, all right, let's just start this. So hung up. I went and started right away, sat down in the bed, listened to the music. That's all I had to do. And then I just felt this energy come like right away. Cause usually it takes me like 40 minutes in a meditation to feel what I felt, but if I felt it right away and then I felt really good afterwards, felt lighter, more open, peaceful, it's pretty crazy to feel that right away like that. Cause usually it always takes me a long time to get into that state, but it was, it just felt like something was wrapping light or that's probably the best way I can describe it. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> that is, that is how this works. In fact, I was working with somebody last night, um, doing this for, her, and she was working on an issue with her mom and, I said, okay, let's bring your mom and your dad in, right? And they were just bringing anyone she had a conflict with in her mind's eye. And she was just hugging them and loving them and releasing them. And it was, and she was like, I feel like there was like all this twitching. And I said, oh, I could feel it. Your legs were twitching, your chest, you had all this stuff in your solar plexus. She's like, you can feel that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I could feel, I said, typically I feel what's kind of going on in other people's body. I said, I, I don't always see what they see. And so I'm okay with that because some people they've gone through some things or maybe they were the victimizer or whatever it is that they have to heal. That's for them. That's their journey. So I don't necessarily want to see that or know that I just want to help them in, in such a compassionate place. All right. So anything else you want to touch upon? Well, more a little bit about what I do is, you know, the coaching which is what I pulled in here. I've also been working with people on addictions. So this is another little fascinating thing where we have soul aspects of us that are still here multidimensionally because everything is playing out simultaneously at the same time. So I started realizing that the addiction part that comes in is, um, for example, I had a client who was wanting to stop smoking. And I, I heard Spirit say, ask her if she needs help. Cause I saw her smoking a cigarette, ask her if she needs help, you know, quitting smoking. And she, she laughed and said, I would just set my date for this day. There's a lot of people who claim they want to quit, but I don't think they really have the willpower. Cause you always just see them sneaking cigarettes later. And it's like, if you really wanted to quit, you could quit. Well, here's the thing. So I said to her, she said, I, she was a lifetime smoker, 16 years. I said, you know, your addiction might not even be your addiction. I said, I think there's either another soul aspect that it has this addiction or it's, there's another entity that's in your field and it wants its addiction off you, right? This is where if you're, they can come into your org field and you think it's you with this craving or this addiction, but it's not. It's another aspect of who you are. So she was like, okay, well, I'm curious, right? And so we had a couple of conversations. Um, we did a little bit of healing and then we went to clear and I call it like a backdoor meditation and spirit showed her in the meditation this, and it was like this man, this is who has the addiction. And when we were done, she didn't want a cigarette anymore. It was gone. And she was like, I don't feel like, cause right before that she was craving the cigarette. Interesting. And, and I thought, okay, like we're getting somewhere. Like these are other soul aspects that need to be healed. And there's, we're just, we don't, we think it's us. But it, and it is us in a way, but it's a, it's a different aspect of us that's like, I need you to recognize me. And that's where the more inner work you do, the stiller you get, that you know that this isn't my highest aspect and maybe this isn't me. Kind of like when my mom was dying, I was like craving all the stuff. Like, what the heck is this? So when you did this work on her, how long did this take so she didn't have the habit anymore? She didn't, she didn't smoke after that. Like, that was it. But how long so, was the session? 
Oh, it was a day. I mean, All it was day? just, I know it wasn't, it was like what I did with you. Okay, we did so like really the 10, like 10, 20 well, minutes. It was probably like 30 minutes. 30. Right. And then we, d- I might've done like a follow-up one with her, but it was for some other things that were going on in her life that were coming in and it was challenging and it would have been something that she would have, she would have like maybe caved and wouldn't have a cigarette. So we just did one more meditation around it and, and she, she didn't have it. And she was, and the crazy thing is her boyfriend ended up quitting too. But hers was wow. more, if she can do it, I can do it, right? Like, okay. he, he, went a, he went a different route. He started making the organite, right? And he wanted to go that route. And that, that's why I said there's a million different ways for us to get to the same spot. But what the funny thing is, when I do this with my clients, I hold the highest aspect of what they want, right? So one thing that she had going on was some things in her family life, it wasn't necessarily going the way that she wanted. So I was holding her, like, flipping off the cigarettes, right? Like, like, ha I'm done. And then I was seeing her like super happy and I was seeing her boyfriend like doing the laundry and I was seeing him get along. So I'm like, hold it. I'm like creating the story in my imagination of like the beautiful things that she really wanted. Mm. And that has been unfolding in her life. And she's like, oh my goodness, like, this is crazy right now. He, he did the laundry. He's doing, you know, like, it's like these little things and it's for her to actually see like what you said you wanted this. Right. And it's unfolding for you. Can you appreciate it? Or are you still going to blame somebody else for your own, your own misery? And this is where women, uh, men do it too. But sometimes we think that it is the man's job to make us happy and <laughs> it's not, it's not. It's, Thank you for saying that. <laughs> oh, seriously. Like this is, this was the biggest thing that my son taught me was if I keep waiting for you to figure this out, I'm going to stay miserable, right? I don't need you to be perfect for me to be happy. So I need to figure this out. There was an ex-boyfriend once who, when we were together, I remember just saying something like about buying flowers, like you never buy me flowers, you know? And he said, well, why would I buy you flowers if I buy it for you? And then the kids do something to make you mad and you're mad all over again. At the time, I was pissed, right? I'm thinking even more reason to buy me flowers, right? I was just like, you're missing the point. So, but after we ended, I really kept that like with me, you know, because I asked like, what could I do to be a better girlfriend? And he was like, you were great. And I thought, I already knew you were going to say that. So that's not the answer I wanted, right? Like Anything I, else it says, right? Like, well, I, want, I want growth. I don't want, I was perfect, right? Like I want to grow. So I held on to that flower comment and I thought, let me look at this a little bit more. And I'm like, he was right. Like if I, anything externally, if I am needing all these things to fill the hole that was in my heart. And that was really when I did a lot of intense healing on that part, but it still wasn't the extreme that I went through in 2016. And I thought, okay, like, absolutely. And really knowing that, like, I don't need, you know, my life was still happening around me with the people that I love. They're still making not maybe wise choices, Am I going to stay miserable? Am I going to stay bitter? Am I going to hold my space? And that was for me to be like, you're the middle pillar. You're the one that can hold this and hold your heart space. And everything around you is going to be crazy and chaotic. And we're testing you to see, can you still stand strong? I mean, even on this path, like... Attacked by some chick doing black magic on me that I didn't even think that was real. And when that happened, I was like... Come on, like, what is going on here? Like, this is nuts. Well, you bring up a good point. Um, I want to touch back on the whole needing external, because that's what our society has been geared towards and brainwashing people all the time, like, especially like this Valentine's Day thing. It's like, just go in yourself and appreciate what you got between you two instead of, oh, I need some gift to make us happy. It's like, no, you don't. No. Every day you're supposed to just love your partner. Right. Every day you're to show up and be present. Like every day, even if you're not your best self, it's to come back and say. And that's why know, minimalism is so powerful because yeah. otherwise it's always got to be something bigger than next year, next year, next right. year. Let's just keep it simple and easy yep. and just have a life. That's why I kind of like the journey they took me on. Even if it didn't make sense to people, you know, I would do it all over again. I mean, I gave away some things. I could see where there was some discord with like my oldest um, grandson's mom and she had lived with me for, I had everybody living. I was everybody's mom, right? They were all living with me. It didn't work out the way that I thought at all. Um, There was a lot of hurt that came up. She was a hurt 
young girl and I didn't respond to her stuff, but I was still really hurt by that. It was like, I, I don't, I wasn't ready for what I was going to take on with her. Mm -hmm. And when it went south, we really didn't talk after that. And then I went through this process and it was like, there was this deep knowing that I had to somehow resolve this, this wound, this hurt. And so I used to freelance in photography. And I remember when she lived with me, she was really good at um, taking pictures and had an interest in my equipment. So it was like, it was Thanksgiving. I got to her house um, to pick up my grandson. I had all my camera equipment with me, all the props that I had. I'm pushing bins up to the door and she's looking at me like, what, what are you doing? Like, what is this? And I wrote it in a card and said, you know, there's multiple different ways to make money and come get a healing whenever you want it. And this is for you with no strings attached. And she cried and like, I kind of had some tears, you know, cried and I get in the car and I just thought, you know, I just knew she was more of a things person and somehow that this moment is going to shift some really heavy energy, even if she never uses it and throws it away. Right. Like it's going to shift something where we can find our way back. Like and so now, even if she's mad and she's taking stuff out on me or whatever, I just keep sending her love and I'm not angry. Like I'm not bitter. I'm not hurt. I'm not wounded. It's just like, I know you're really mad right now and you're going through something and I'm just going to send you love. Mm. And so I, and it was like, I could have used that camera. Right? What, kind going, of, what kind of camera was it? I'm, oh, it I'm was a Canon. Guy, so I ask it was that. a Canon T5, I think. Okay. And I had multiple lenses and all this stuff. So obviously going through this process and finances being whatever, I had people who every summer would be like, hey, you're doing pictures. Right. And I'm like, no, I gave it all away. Well, to be fair, like, you, was, the iPhones are getting so good nowadays. <laughs> well, you could, but, you know, when you get used to it and you're doing all that stuff. So it was just... It was more about the thought, like, and so I laughed and I thought, oh, that probably wasn't very smart of me to give that one away, but it mm. was smart. It was exactly how it was supposed wow. to be. And it was just, again, I would do it all over again. And I, because what matters is us, humanity, value, what we value, how are you showing up? Where's your compassion? Where did you miss and not do something right? And when life is heavy, we do things that we wouldn't normally do. We act in ways that we wouldn't normally act. We don't treat people from our highest selves. And can you break your pride to course correct with that and go back and say, I'm really sorry for, for how I treated you. Like no matter, because if you can't do it, then that's your pride in the way and not wanting to acknowledge that, or please forgive me, you know, again, I'm still working on taking, I'm sorry out, but, and, and not and knowing that I never needed that, Again, that's the biggest part of this is we can't wait for somebody else to do that. Like it, you really, you, you do it from the best that you can. And then you have to say, okay, I can forgive myself for whatever choice that I made that contributed to this. And I did my best to make amends. And now I'm setting myself free. I think that's a pretty good place to end unless you wanted something to. Nope. I think that's awesome. All right. Good words said. Thank you guys for joining me. This has been Nicole Pulvermacher. She drove over. Thank Appreciate you so much for having me Absolutely. Here. Thanks for coming yes, in. Yes, thank you. It's always good to have some people in studio once in a while, so it's not always the boring uh, Skype thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the roles are reversed, I don't know if I would have drove over, but... It's okay. <laughs> I like adventure. I like getting out and exploring life. My soul is like, come on, get out and live. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Talk is cheap. Like I said, don't be afraid to donate. If you do love this stuff, PayPal, Patreon, and also go over to the merch store, Teespring. There's good stuff on there, good shirts, good messages, and we appreciate the support, and we'll see you later.